Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto, ball in the air. All yes, curved. yes, people. We're back again for another episode of the podcast. Now, as you can see, it's a new and updated thing. We had to revamp it, had to add that little source to it, the unique edge. So, Welcome to a brand new episode of the One To You podcast. Now, before I introduce my special guest as well as my co-host, I'm going to quickly explain that name so just so people know what it's about. Now, obviously, if you play football on the streets or even in the actual pitch, you know about the phrase one two, doing a one-two with your mate, and then he put, gives it back to you. I don't know, you go and score top bins, you already know the vibes. So that's kind of the meaning behind it, trying to incorporate with the podcasting world, you know, going one-two with Dave, Going one to you with Federico. That's the that's the new name of the podcast. So I hope you guys like it. You guys voted for it, so you better like it. And um, yeah, so without further ado, let's get on with today's episode. Now I'm with the man himself. You know, one of the hardest artists in the game, cartoonists out there. You know, we're here to do a little interview with him, get his little thoughts on some of the football topics that are trending right now. So without further ado. I'm pleased to announce, or pleased to introduce you guys to Federico Menaz. Menazzi. A little round of applause for him. You know the vibes already. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. So, yeah. how you doing, bro? Be here. It took us a while to get this going. Bro, it took so long. So long. Finally, we're <laughs> we here at last, at last. So, um, obviously, before we get into the football topics, your opinions on stuff like that, I kind of wanted to get like a little gist of your journey, how you got to the top, all that kind of stuff. Because me personally, I've been following you before I even started my page. I saw your work for Bleach Report, done work for Copper 90. So we're going to dive into all of that. And uh, yeah, so before I even start, like, what kind of like made you kind of want to get into all this kind of online cartoon stuff like that truth be told always been a very spontaneous thing um, Mm. to this day because I started uh, very um, very randomly the first thing I was doing in in the first year of uni I was writing about football for like anyone who would let me and then basically eventually just realized I'm not that good at writing and uh, and if I wanted to do some cool stuff, um, I, I should focus on what I'm good at. And I've always drawn my whole life. And at the very beginning, I was doing uh, for the same like uh, crappy websites. No disrespect, because yeah. they uh, they helped me out. But still, uh, I was doing uh, like I was drawing on paper, scanning the drawings, sending them over. They would uh, they would post them. Uh, but it was a nothing gig. And then I upgraded to digital illustration. And that was so uh, big for me because it just unlocked so many possibilities that I didn't have uh, until that day. Uh, just even the, the possibility to draw something a hundred times before I'm happy with it, you know? Mm. Uh, colors, different brushes, everything. And, and that opened my mind. So at that point, I just started, you know, pitching myself as an illustrator and obviously at the beginning I was absolutely whack uh, but I, I, I don't know I just I had so much fun doing it that I just like kept on doing it and 
you know, like I I, I was um, I was speaking on uh, on the last year on the on Chris Hamill's podcast. Yeah. And I was talking to him about the first time that I uh, did a freelance commission for Adidas, and I thought it was a scam because I was like, why the why the fuck would Adidas want to do something with me? Yeah. So I think that just tells. Yeah. That, that just speaks to how spontaneous this all was mm. from the start. Uh, and yeah, I mean, but by the end of uni, I was doing freelance gigs for a lot of the big names in this niche, like football media, yeah. that I didn't, didn't even know existed before starting. So what would you and say then, yeah, the Adidas run. approach was like your first kind of big attention, your first blow? No, it wasn't the first one because I already did things for uh, Bleacher Report, for example. Okay. Um, I don't think for Copa 90 yet at that point, but still, like, you know, Adidas is Adidas. So I I was really, I was just, I was a bit confused. But um, just, yeah, in, ge- in general, always been very spontaneous. I don't even remember the question at this point, but I think you asked me whether, uh, like, what, what my aim was. Yeah, uh, why yeah. did I get started? And th- there is no answer. I was just always had a lot of fun. That's good, that's good. So, obviously, you done work yeah. for Beach Report, done work for Copper 90. What was that all like? Like, kind of working with all these companies who are obviously big in the scene right now. At, at, at the time, it was so much fun because I think that I didn't actually have a lot of time uh, or, or I, I never really backed myself to do complicated illustrations. Mm. I think at the beginning I was doing mostly like portraits. And then the first time, the first big commission I had was uh, with the, in, the, in this industry with, was with Bleacher Report. And they asked me to do uh, something that I really didn't think I could do. Uh, and I accepted. And that really pushed me to my limits. And I think that was the best thing about it all that the briefs that these companies were giving me, like the, the ideas they had that they wanted me to work on were very complicated. And that really made me understand that that's, that was the next level. And I mean, that's now the bread and butter of what I do. You know, I, I don't just do uh, portraits anymore. It's always about some more complicated Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the best thing about it, that it really, really motivated me to to step up my game. Yeah, no, like, obviously, being in the scene, both me and Gala as well, Dave, as people know, I need to, yeah. I need to get used to calling you Dave, man. Uh, yeah. So both us two have, um, we put our work out there. We've obviously been noticed by footballers every now and then. I remember when you got noticed by the man himself, Petter Bellion, what was that like? Yeah, that, w- that was crazy, that was crazy. It was uh, it was so fun, so much fun because it it was completely uh, unexpected. I just uh, you know Hector Bellerin, Hector Bellerin is just good vibes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Posting, he's posting every. I mean, at the time, a lot more as well. Just sick outfits, good vibes. So there was some picture of him with this really weird like uh, Arsenal like summer shirt. Mm. I don't I don't even know where he found that. Like it's a sick design. And I just drew him like glasses, uh, long hair, just because I was I was feeling it. And I remember I was in the library, and I saw that he reposted it. And I was I, I was next to my friend. I was just looked at him like, what the "Fuck's going on?" And then he followed me, and then I think I really really lost my head. Uh, and then if while we're on the topic of Hector, the this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I think. Um, 
I did, I, I did a drawing of Ronaldinho. And then like months later, that got reposted on his account. Uh, but like on a personal level, that, that was maybe even less exciting because it's like his social media team, you know, it's not him personally. Yeah. Ronaldinho is like, I don't know if he even knows like what Instagram is. But um, but yeah, H Hector Bellerin sent me a screenshot of the Ronaldinho post. Uh, and he was like, nah, fuck off. And when I, well, like the combo of one guy telling me that the other guy had done that, that blew my mind. I was just, uh, yeah. I was on a natural high for like two weeks. No, I can imagine though, because Big Big Bellerin yeah. are showing love to Federico. Yeah, but dude, yeah. when they show you, when, when a player shows you like, appreciation on a very like on a more like personal level yeah. yeah that's really really what gets to me because at this point with social media is just i don't know when it's a like when it's a repost it's still great but it's it, it touches you differently when they go the extra mile you know yeah yeah, yeah. 100%. now obviously you got poached by the biggest Football page out there on Instagram, four three three. How did that all come across? Because obviously now this is like not really full. This is like, like it's not like freelance anymore. This is a full time job and stuff like that. So how did yeah. that kind of come across? Again, um, somewhat spontaneously because I ended uni without really uh, uh, knowing what was going to happen, and coincidentally they were looking for a full-time illustrator guess that was just like something someone they wanted to add to their team mm. and i think i was the perfect profile because they wanted someone who would move to amsterdam which is where for free is based and they wanted someone young um but luckily because i started earlier i had some experience like under my belt so i just applied for it because why would i not want to yeah and then that, that was it. Yeah, I, then I had a had a couple couple calls with uh, David, who uh, David the host. He's left now, but he was uh, managing editor at the time. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then uh, and then I got in, and, and then it's been uh, it's been fun being there. Uh, a lot's happened since. No, no, that's crazy. Like obviously, I do work for um, a fellow company, which you know, Football Daily. Mm -hmm. um, What's kind of like the like an average day at work for you at four three three? Just trying to get a gist if it's quite similar to me. Yeah, no, I want to hear uh, how how yours is as well, because uh, I, I mean, in, in terms of the content that is produced, I, I assume it's it's like pretty different. Uh, for for us, uh, especially now, I have a different role. I'm not just uh, an illustrator anymore, but I'm uh, I basically coordinate the design team. So there's six, seven designers, never working all at the same time. Uh, but uh, that's that's the team. And I sort of, uh, together with my boss, uh, set content priorities in sh some short-term ones, obviously, some long-term ones when we want to get the quality content made in time for a big event. Mm. Uh, so like on a daily basis, I'll be, uh, you know, talking to all the guys, setting their tasks discussing ideas i mean it's not like i come up with everything which is it's a it's a team team effort and then uh some sometimes i'm working on my own stuff sometimes i'm just uh, helping them out 
but yeah, just making sure everything runs smoothly and that we're ready to uh, to post uh, when uh, when the big stuff is happening, basically. Yeah, no, that's that's quite interesting. That's kind of similar to my like me personally. I get like you know your email email every morning regarding the current topics or maybe future topics that are going on. Then I just mash up what three four edits for them. So it's kind of similar in the same Is way. Is it very, very like uh, spontaneous for you? Or do you have someone, like an editor that is directing you? Uh, I've got someone who kind of just tells me what to do, kind of instructs me on, yeah, like this is kind of the topics you, you want to do an edit on today. Or maybe this is like, for example, the messy news just broke out today. That's something I'll build up. I'll probably not only do something for tomorrow, I'll probably mm. do something for next week. So mm. it's kind of like, we think when it comes to big stories, might need yeah. to do a bit in advance but quite similar yeah. kind of are you the only are you the only designer there or do you have a big team um i am the only like main designer there's a couple of people who can do designs here and there let's say if i was on holiday for example but yeah yeah no i'm the only main designer so wow all right big up come on bro you gotta mess <laughs> that work so um obviously illustration is definitely something i like to get into like something that Obviously, as a designer, I'm slowly ticking off every part in the designer world. I'm going to do illustration very soon. What kind of, how quick for you would you say it's a random illustration will take you? Or is it, does it like proper vary? It's honestly, for me, um, like, even though I am quicker than I was before, mm. I take more time to do things because I know that there is no way to get around it. The more time you spend on a drawing, the better you can make it. Yeah. So I am quicker at doing the things that I'm trying to do, but I, I will still spend like between 15 and 20 hours on something now. Uh, now, now. Now that I'm not just an illustrator anymore, I can afford to do that because I don't have any pressure to just do that yeah. eight hours a day. Uh, so I can take it easy and spread it over a few days. But to be fair, I have made, I have made certain illustrations that maybe in, in two hours even. It depends on a lot of things. It also depends on like if it's very strong conceptually speaking. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be like super elaborate, mm. you know. Uh, but for the, the the stuff that I'm really proud of, I think definitely a minimum of like solid eight hours. But I would say for for our graphic designers the the top top quality edits they also take no, no, not as much as me i would say but also a, a solid amount of time like yeah. uh really mi six hours minimum i'm sure like uh, you you relate yeah, yeah but definitely. uh ultimately unless it's a really genius idea that you can do a couple simple things and and deliver the, the idea that you're trying to trying to deliver y you need time there is oh, yeah. no getting around it, and it's it's uh, but it's it's rewarding, you know. Definitely, definitely. Now, yeah. obviously, to close off this interview, obviously, Dave, you want to add anything? Um, yeah, I was just from I'm more of like video editing based. I did start off with a bit of graphic design, but I, I prefer like video editing more. I just wanted to ask, like, how how do you get about? For me personally, like when I work on something. I'm quite a perfectionist type of thing, like with changes and like coming with the final product. I was just wondering how you came about that and if you have any, how do you, how, how do you know when you're like completely done, if you know what I mean? Is it's that a tough, how, are you a perfectionist? 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I think any 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 creative can relate uh, that you, when you look back at things after you've done them, not immediately after, yeah. but like after maybe a few days, after a week, definitely after a few months, it just pisses you off because you notice things that could have definitely been better. So yeah. I'm I'm very self-critical, and I always. I mean, that, definitely when I'm working on something, it will get to a point where I think it's done. But then in hindsight, I always, always know that there was room for improvement. But I think that's how you learn. So yeah. I, definitely, I definitely am a perfectionist and I definitely get really frustrated with my work. But uh, I don't know, there's a balance. Yeah. There's a balance. You, know, you need to know when to stop, you know? Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you can spend uh, your whole lifetime on a piece and never finish it. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, um, I've got loads of designers following me. I've got loads of upcoming illustrators, all that type of stuff in the design world. From yourself, do you have any advice you'd like to give off to any upcoming designers coming up in this kind of scene um, right now? I think, uh, like, obviously it depends completely on what their aim is. Yeah. If their aim is to uh, make it a living, in like I can only talk specifically about our environment because uh, obviously there's so many illustrators that are also much better than me that work in completely different environments and I, I assume that their pathway was completely different in football I think that it's the sort of job like it's it's a sort of world where anyone can have an opinion and anyone can find their place I don't think it's a it's the sort of industry where you need so many qualifications you know football media mm. so i think that if you're if you if you think you're creative and you think and you think you're good at w whatever it is you're doing like graphics or illustration or video editing i think if you back yourself you just have to be like at the very beginning you have to be a pest in terms of like sending your portfolio to people and trying to get like any sort of gig because I, I always get these like lazy DMs, like, do you have a job at 433? I'm a designer. I'm like, this is not how you get it. Like, this is not how I got it. Um, like, you have to really like grind and eat a lot of shit and start by like working for the crappiest website. Yeah. And then that's it, you know, like, and, and learn. Like, it just the attitude is so important um like it's, it's people i think the the advice essentially is it's a long process put yourself out there if you back yourself try to get in touch with the right people and and do do whatever gig you can and grow you know i think that's the advice yeah no i hear that bro big advice from the man himself um so yeah no that's kind of the little interview you wanted to take place really we'll go through we went through your journey already um obviously there'll be a little q a uh towards the end of stuff that your followers are sent my followers are sent maybe mm -hmm. there's some more questions we can touch on about your journey when we get to that point but um yeah that was a nice little nice little interview about your journey but let's move on to the, the football tour now the champions league final now obviously loads of people said that it was kind of like not a disappointing final, but it was slightly anticlimactic when you got Neymar, Lewandowski, and Mbappe for it to end one 0 People were saying yeah. it was slightly disappointing, but me personally, I thought it was a very good game as a whole, although it ended one 0 
Yeah. Very cagey game. What are you guys' yeah. thoughts on it? They would do yeah. I was thinking, um, we, I think everyone predicted like a really high scoring game. Us to be both did. I did 3 2, I think, Jay. I remember you did 4 2. Yeah. It was. I said. Because. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. When the game started, I was like, oh, I'm going to change my ideas and stuff. But I think in the, um, in the preliminary rounds before like the Portugal bit, I think the new setup, the new how it was only one game, and then the fact that you're kind of fighting for everything in this 90 minutes as opposed to having the second leg. I think that changed the mentality of the players and how the managers and the teams went about it. So I think there was a clear like um, difference between teams that were extremely defensive, like you had the Tacos, you had the Atalantas and the Leipzig and stuff, as opposed to the teams that were just going for it and just trying to score as many goals as possible. But I think the final ended up being Bayern Munich who were pretty well-rounded in terms of They've split teams, but defensively, they've conceded a few goals. Like they, they weren't, they weren't leaking goals at all. Yeah. And PSG, PSG had a kind of a, a rocky journey. At the first game at Atalanta was a bit. They kind of got away with it if you if you think of the game as a whole. And then the Leipzig game was pretty pretty standard. So I think yeah. they did as well. Had that good balance of attack and defense. And I think in the final they just cancelled each other out. Really, I think you could see. The early stages, passes were being misplaced, shaking on the ball. Like there was a lot of nerves in the in the initial rounds, and I think a goal earlier on than when it was scored, I think that would have opened the game up more. But I think yes. the way that um, buying time that they time their goal, I think it gave them a chance to further grow into the game. But to be fair to both sides, they did have loads of chances, and I think we'll, we'll get onto this. But Bro, some of the misses, that Mbappe chance, man. That was, was the yeah. If that if that goal had gone in, it would have been a completely different game. Hundred percent, especially because it was right before half time and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I was I was begging for because honestly, I was seeing PSG as the weaker side, so I was begging mm. for them to open the scoring because that would have really like then it would have really been a game, you know. Because uh, yeah. Bayern would have had to go all out, then they would have possibly suffered a, PSG's counterattacks. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely disagree that it was a boring game. But like as far yeah. as finals go, because finals are often shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that this was uh, this was a good game of football, like two two really high quality sides. This was definitely, uh, and, and obviously then it's gonna be it's gonna be the margins, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel stupid for thinking that it would have been a high-scoring game because it's very yeah. rare yeah, in the But I, I think I got super excited by like, you know, I think Dave like, uh, Dave is completely right when he says that the new format probably changed things quite a lot because nobody was trying to, you know, uh, defend well at home. It was just, yeah. we got to win exactly. this game. And then the yeah. but 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 then a final is a final, so completely different. So a lot of nerves and as we saw, a lot of missed chances, and then that that completely changed the history of the game. And then after Bayern scored, I think PSG looked completely out of it. And I I, I was begging it wouldn't be the case, but it, like it had one nil written all over it since mm. the moment yeah. after they scored for me. Yeah, no, I like it for me personally. Like it always felt like Bayern were in control. Obviously, both sides got a bit off to a nervy start, a bit kind of cautious, but it always felt like once Bayern got that goal, once they kind of clicked, like 
they were always going to be the side that should go on and win it because that's what they've done all season. Like they blitz sides like Chelsea, what eight two back Barcelona. Like it kind of felt like this was just going to be an, another win for them. Although PSG have the that's the thing about PSG. Like with all due respect, because obviously Herrera started off well, Pereira started off well. They didn't start off awfully, but the quality just prevailed with Bayern Munich in the end. Yeah. Obviously, I know you guys saw Neymar was actually the big talking point of this, really, because this was meant to be the game. Like he's moved from Barcelona, being injured in the last two rounds. This was meant to be the game where he says, "Yeah, I moved to PSG, and I'm gonna prove the doubt was wrong and everything." What's your yeah. thoughts on that car? Me personally, like he started off. Like he felt like he was trying to force it all. Obviously, understandable because like there's a lot of pressure on this game. But you, you know, you know what I'm talking about when I when I tell you those tricks he was trying to do on the wing in the second half, where yeah. he yeah. The ball went out of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just let it go. That's when I know he lost his head. Yeah, definitely. yeah. That's when I know he, he lost his head. Definitely, his head was gone. Like as you said, it was. This was the game. Like this was literally the the one game he moved to PSG for, yeah. And obviously, it's not his fault that it's been so long because he's had his injury problems, and he, he often couldn't be there in the most important moment of the season for PSG. But this was the moment, and after a really really good few games in the run up to the final, he he flopped hard. Same ball, like. Hard. I saw people trying to say Neymar's top two. I just, that can't really be it, man. Putting he was him, a ghost. He was a ghost. People putting him up with Messi and Ronaldo, like, after a good performance. People just need to let it, calm it down a bit. Yeah. A solid player. He's one of the best technically. I, I love him, though. I love him. But this was his chance. Yeah, man. I'm disappointed. Questions have to be asked, Carl. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw Neymar. Go on. Yeah, I think with Neymar, it's, it's, it's a really difficult one because... You know how talented he is as a footballer. Like we see this every day or every time he plays. And you just thought, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to imagine because it's easy to blame. It's easy to say that, oh, the team wasn't, wasn't there or he wasn't there in the big moments. But I think as the inspiration, I think remember but going back to the Atalanta game when Mbappe was out, when Mbappe came on towards the later stages, you could see... Neymar become a slightly more bit more comfortable. They were doing the one two three trouble like we were mentioning. Yeah. I think, I think those two weren't as connected as they usually are throughout the season on the night. Maybe I don't know. They did. I think going with Di Maria and not including Acardi or Chu promoting from the start. I think that was a good idea. But they just seemed a bit detached. Like they were they were on usually like a fluid attack against the high line. It was like an, um, yeah. a dream for. They they also. But they just seemed. So I think there's a lot of like context that you have to take in. Like it's easy in hindsight, but but you know if we're if we're gonna analyze it, you have to take into consideration Mbappe was out for so long, and yeah. he didn't have any rhythm in him because he played what two and a half, not not even maybe one and a half. I, I don't remember. And yeah. uh, and P PSG had a fairly like a much easier run up to the final than oh, Bayern. Definitely. Like Bayern by the point but but at the by that point they had already proven that they could beat anybody. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. PSG had have not played a game this hard all year. 
And mm. yeah, I mean, to credit to them, they only lost 1-0 against a team that's been embarrassing everybody all season. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I don't think that... more with our expectations and with anything you know this was a tough game yeah no obviously Mbappe is only 21 so uh can you guys still hear me yeah yeah okay yeah now obviously like Mbappe is only still 21 so when I saw there's people on Twitter online calling him already like saying the pressure got to him doing what oh what's this coming unlimited minutes Oh, carry on. Um, so yeah, he's only 21. So for me, with Mbappe, this is just like a minor L for him. Like this is a learn. It's not even a left loss. It's a lesson learned. He'll build on from it, and he'll become a better player from it. Yeah, I mean the Maybe guys are. Yeah, he's yeah. already won the World Cup. Won everything. Yeah, allow him. Allow him. He's, That's what I'm he's, saying. He's he's a goat. He's a goat in the making. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. 100%. But with Neymar, like he's turning 29 next year. What what would you kind of say? Because obviously you can't really like leave PSG right now. Like, because obviously this is the move that he made. This was the one he put his neck on the line for. But like, they're not really looking. I mean, obviously they've got the millions behind backing them. So hopefully they can start signing more players. But with the leader, Thiago Silva on the way out, I'm seeing that midfield. I'm like, Paredes, Herrera, they're good players. They're not a Champions League midfield when you compare it to Kimmich. Yeah. Or obviously Thiago might leave, but Thiago, the level of buying, Goretzka. I don't know what are we saying that maybe name. I don't know. Because Neymar can't really leave, but it's a sticky yeah. one. Yeah, it's hard. Because <laughs> Barcelona, he probably should have so sticky because obviously Barcelona are in their own shit show as well. But then you've got Juventus. That probably is. Barcelona is probably like I was saying I was mentioning earlier the reason he left Barcelona was to um, evade the shadow of Messi or whatever so I know we were talking a bit later as well but but then kind of leave the opportunity for someone or Barcelona needs someone to inspire them to go on I don't know who and Neymar together as well but yeah like you're saying but imagine that though like the return of Neymar. At yeah, I I can see I can see that happening if if Messi. Yeah, Definitely. I think they would. And I think that, they would have to do that. Move I can see him possibly making because otherwise, like like Jay said, you can't. Like PSG is not really a club you can leave. Mm. It's like not 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 as a big player anyway because the money to get you out of there. Are Real Madrid, and Barcelona essentially uh, like the, the only clubs worth going to as well. Yeah. Uh, once once you're there. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, I don't see him moving either. But but I think maybe he should be encouraged by the fact that they did get to a Champions League final. Yeah. It means they can do it again. If they strengthen, then you know they they have shown that they they are. I mean, people don't give them enough credit. So. Maybe he'll stay. Maybe he'll try again. Definitely. I do think I do think Paris's problem. Like you mentioned it. Even their like um, their run to the final. It's just the lack of um, a proper challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So you think maybe they? No disrespect to Atalanta and Leipzig and these teams. Obviously, but not, even, even Dortmund. Not. You know, Dortmund are good, but they're a young team. 
that's the, that was the thing. I think I think Dortmund kind of they they did look a bit, um, especially in that away leg, they looked a bit. If they weren't the same, they seemed they seemed. I think the Bundesliga had kind of gone at that stage. They seemed a bit worn out, tired out, as was per. But yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, no, it's it's difficult. difficult. I do th- I do think PSG in a second leg situation with two legs or whatever. If this if that does carry on, is a bit of an is another prospect for them as well to kind of break that that hoodoo if you want to call it because this was obviously their first time in the final yeah but I don't know it's, it's going to be hard it's going to be, I think losing in the final is probably the best thing that could happen in terms of their future progression because if they'd won it I would be very worried about where they go from there in terms of like their peak and stuff but I think Hopefully, hopefully they can go again. I think trying to keep maintain the level is most important for them to go on and be more successful in in European competition. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, should send we should shed some light on the Bayern Munich side because credit to them. What number six now? Incredible side yeah. by, at Bayern Munich side. Well, we got to start off with Manuel Neuer though. One of the greatest. Yeah. Man of the match, bro. Incredible. I have to put my hands up and apologise. In a, in an earlier pod, I was, I don't know if it I blatantly disrespected him, but I just I was just suggesting that he wasn't really, he wasn't really all there anymore. And to be fair, from what I had seen in the Bundesliga, mm. he did seem he did seem as if he does have like an arrogance about him, which is obviously you either love or hate with yeah. the like obviously the sweeper keeper role that he plays. And I, I remember seeing some clips where he was getting caught out and. He just wasn't as Bayern Munich as a team are solid themselves, but they yeah. weren't. He just he did, he wasn't. I think the year out that he had kind of gave him a lot of time to like kind of learn and not learn, but kind of like reflect on how he's quite disposable. Because I think the keeper that came in was um, covering his role, but this this campaign, especially even that final, bro, he that proved, final he proved why he was world number one. One of the best finals for a goalkeeper. You know, I remember. Do you remember that shot when his arms were out like Superman? It was crazy, bro. Even that shot where Mbappe was offside and he still saved it. Like, yeah, he does never switches off. That's one thing he, he does. Obviously, his tricks of coming out and superkeeper role, like I mentioned, but he's always on it. Like his reaction saves are just for such a big, like frame. It's incredible. Uh, there's there's not a lot to say. Like the guy is just. He will definitely go down as one of the greatest. Probably yeah, yeah. De- 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 definitely as one, one who reinvented the goalkeeper position as well. Yeah, no, definitely. He set the standard so high uh, for for so many so many okay. aspects that are now like seen as key for a goalkeeper. Yes. And that before he came about, were not necessarily uh, you know thought of as like important criteria. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, the man of the match in the final, and yeah, I never, I never really knew why people were writing him off. I just think that people got stuck in a bit of like a, a bias because he was out injured. Yeah, but you, you just, you just convince yourself, oh, okay, this guy's finished. On to the next one. But mm. there's the Ter Stegen Neuer debate is not a not a debate. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, Chastegui was doing bits last season, but right now, what we're talking about, a 34-year-old Neuer is still killing it. 
Yeah. I don't know if you, you can't really put him in that conversation just yet, like. No. So that like, obviously, our man in the matches would have been Neuer, you know, like he was incredible. But another, basically, most of the Bayern team bossed it. But the other person who stood out for me was Thiago. Bro, this guy is so good. It's it's incredible that he's like, what he's gonna go for like thirty million this summer, like. Yeah. Bonkers, because this guy is. Because he doesn't, doesn't want to stay. He yeah. Renew. But yeah. it's like, that's all. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. That's like such a good play. Like he could easily go for three figures, obviously, if the situation was a bit different, contract was on his side and stuff like that. But um, obviously, as you said, that's not the case. But well, this guy's definitely top five midfielders in the world. Could yeah. be the top three. Yeah, I he's, mean, a, I, he's a guy. I, we're not discovering him now, you know. Like the guy, yeah. the guy's absolutely class, and I think. I mean, more, more than more than talk about how how good he was. I I would be like I'm quite excited to see. I feel he's one of the few players in the world who can actually improve this Liverpool side if that's where he goes. Yeah, and that would be mad. I don't know. I don't know what what happens there. No, imagine that Liverpool side with him there. Like obviously the Liverpool side is obviously star studded, but I say the midfield is the one area where there's a lot of system players there. Like, with all due respect to them, they're not getting in one of the best midfielders in the world. You can see Amane, Salah getting in the best attacks, Van Dijk's getting in the best defences. I don't know if a Will Naldum's getting in the best midfielders. So if you chuck a Thiago in there, it's crazy that what that Liverpool side can do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to see that happen. Because I think when a, when a player plays for Bayern Munich, you see them in the, in the Champions League, obviously. But then, because you're kind of expecting Bayern to just crush every every other side domestically, he sort of gets lost during the season. Like yeah. that's that's why probably a lot of people are like, "Fuck, Thiago's really good." And that's why he's been down. Yeah. Well, he, he, he sort of like gets lost, and I think I'd be quite excited to see him in the spotlight a little bit more, playing in the Premier League. Um, be really fun, and I—I I mean, it looks—it looks like it's happening. So let's see. Yeah. Certain times, obviously, he's one of my favorite players. So it's unfortunate he can't be at the Emirates kicking it down in North London, but we yeah, move. Yeah, not, not really going to happen. Never. But um, obviously, Kimmich stood out as well. You know, like, but yeah. as even as assists, like we're talking about a player who's started off as a right back in that game, and he's out there chipping balls, like splitting defenses, like. This guy might be the ultimate utility player in the game right now. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, when he came, like you said, he came in as a right back, kind of, um, when Rafinha was it? No. And Pavard as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, early, early on in his buying career. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he did make the transition to central midfield, kind of. Killed it there as well. Long time. And he did, he did extremely well there. I remember his um, performance against Dortmund when um, they were in post-lockdown and he has come back to like you said cover the injury provide and he just slotted in perfectly running down the line but like you said provide strong in the tackle he wasn't really taking taking shit from Neymar and stuff like that he never looked he never looked vulnerable himself out there and yeah like you said he's a beautiful assist no he's crazy man like and he's only 25 uh, He's, you know, he's a Swiss uh, army knife. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Splitting, splitting his teams. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, no, those were kind of the standout players for me in that band. Obviously, it was a nice story for Kingsley Coleman. Nearly injured. No, he was always, he's always been injured, but he nearly retired so yeah, back in 2018. Came back to score the winning goal against his former side. You know, people say it was a bit of a disappointing final. That's the story of the final. Every every time, like Champions League final, you have a story. I don't know, Gareth Bale on the bench all season. I was at Arsenal, comes in and scores a bicycle. This time, fine. This is the fact, the story of the final. It's a nice little story for Kingsley Coleman. Yeah. My light one as well. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think that's the main story uh, as well, um, and it's a it's a beautiful one to be honest. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. Uh, that he's always so injured all the time because you saw the yeah. ability that he had on that day. Like he could easily be one of the best if he was obviously injury free. Yeah, and especially I mean the narrative that you always hear with him is that he's won so many trophies, um, like at a young age, and I think what people all the time is that he had like no part in them yeah and i think for once you know he like other than being a good player because that's never disputed he actually also uh you know played a key role um you know the 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 mario goetze uh role yeah Uh, maybe he wasn't there maybe he was injured for the rest of the season but he came through when it when it mattered and uh yeah quite happy for him yeah, no, this this whole band. Even in go on, go on. Go on. I mean, even in terms of like like you're saying in the Bundesliga, in the later stages, he was he was contributing with goals and assists as well. So he did, he 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 has obviously been lucky, but then you have to put it down to these are top teams in Europe that are signing him. They must be yeah must as well. So he does. He's not. Like there's also the thing of you have to play certain games to win the thing. Like it's a it's a it's a nice thing in theory, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be used as a like a thing towards him. Yeah, he does. He has. Um, no, he's a quality player. Definitely. Just been very unlucky with him. Hopefully, he can stay injury free, Carl. From what I saw back in that final, I'm trying to see that more often. But obviously, this whole Bayern Munich side has done incredibly well. Blitzed every side. A lot of credit has to be given to Hansi Flick. Like the way he's transformed that side. Yeah. Like words cut in the scrap. Yeah. Incredible. This hasn't even been what, a full season. To be completely honest, like foot, football wise, I didn't actually watch Bayern this season, apart from the, the Champions League games. And I, I also like I don't know. They just looked like a very classic w- winning Bayern side where they just crush everybody and they're relentless. And I mean, some of the same players that we've seen for the past like six years still there, you know, doing the same thing as always. Yeah. But yeah. what I've heard is that he really like brought a human side to to managing the club. And that he he's just like a really really good guy, and that he just motivated the players to you know play for him, uh, and he yeah. really brought the group together. And, and you know I I love to see that because in a world of like you know master technicians and 
uh, fucking football manager experts and whatnot to have a guy just have a season like this apparently just out of being like a good guy yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he also knows his thing but like this is what everybody said all the players say like he's a good man um, yeah and look at what he did I think that what you were saying two parts of that I think with Kovac when I was I did watch a few of the early Bundesliga um, gem, Bayern games sorry and they just seemed a bit lightweight. I remember they got beaten 5-1 by Frankfurt and stuff. They just weren't the robot. That I, it was almost as if the teams there weren't scared of Bayern anymore. So I think Hansi Flick came in and kind of reminded the players like who they are and what, what, they are possible, what they're capable of. But in terms of the managerial style as well, I think that is starting to like reverberate around Europe as well, especially. I think like the likes of Solskjaer, he obviously, whatever, you, whatever the United fans want to say about him, he may not be the most tactical no narcissistic guy but yeah. his um his like people um people skills and the fact that he can motivate such young players and obviously some of the senior players to go out and play for him i think that is most more important than ever because you can you can tell tactics i think this kind of then goes to the more more marino side well obviously marino did have one-to-one connections but from the outside looking in it just seems as if it was tactics over over whether I liked you or not, like he would ruthlessly get rid of players and stuff like this. And I think that change is starting to become, because obviously footballers are now becoming a bit more powerful, like you say, the football is bigger than the club. But I think with player power, we've seen over recent years how how easy it is for a player to effectively get rid of a manager or throw up a fast or get whatever, whatever they want. I think a manager who can connect with these players and who can demand the respect of them is probably the way forward. Definitely, man. The man management is key in this game. As you yeah, said, Rooney was kind of, he hasn't lacked, but he's kind of got the wrong end of sometimes. Because I feel like I might have my views on Mourinho, but I feel like deep down, the guy's actually a good guy. But he yeah, comes across his, his opinions and his views the wrong way. So man, man management is key. And obviously, Flick's mastered that. What This hasn't even been a full season for him. Like, Came in in what October time, secured the treble. Like, yeah, it's only up for him, Carl. I think that's only Bayern's second treble. So he's done a madness for yeah. Bayern Munich, transformed them from, as you said, a team that were losing 5 1 to Frankfurt to teams that are now beating side 5 1. Like, it's crazy. But um, now that was the Champions League final. Actually, I was quite happy with that. Um, I always predicted Bayern Munich to win it in the end. Like, I was thinking it would be nice if Man City. The one season they got pressure, if they could win it, it'd be nice if Neymar can finish his story. It'd be nice if Juventus and Ronaldo could win it. There was all these stories, but ultimately speaking, the quality prevailed. But I mean, it, I always felt like they were going to win it because they're just a powerhouse. Like these men are just machines. Yeah. Like they come to win. They might be winning. If they're winning, they will destroy you. Whilst they're right. I think before we move on, yeah, one thing that I would say, like before before someone says it with the benefit of hindsight a year from now we're gonna have to see how, how it is uh when like the physical condition of teams is comparable because i don't think it's a coincidence that the four teams that were in the semis uh were the four teams from the the leagues that were like best placed to um to you know be in like optimal physical condition in august because yeah. The league one wasn't even there, so they didn't get tired. Um, 
the Bundesliga obviously started early, so they had game time, and they also then had yes, time right. to rest. Plus, their so, league yeah. finishes early anyway. Thirty-four games, I think. Yeah. So I to see um, actually in a normal season whether they are so dominant in Europe as well. Uh, because I, for, for starters, for example, I feel like having having um, obviously being Italian, watching the Serie, I've watched Atalanta all season. Uh, incredible team, um, and I feel like win the PSG game, you really saw them like uh, get very tired in the second half, uh, which I also think was like a major factor in them losing. Exactly. And I don't know. I really feel like because um, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't associate with them. Yeah, I mean, if the if their if their form had been more optimal, they could have even had a run. And I'm I'm not seeing saying Atalanta would have won this league, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. every team would have put more of a fight. Nah, definitely. No, obviously. Um, what was I gonna say? Your phones. Can everybody hear me? So yes, people are back again. Don't know what happened, but you know, technical difficulties, but we are back again. But for the request to go on, we had other plans. Uh, we started kind of late, so that's on our fault. But we'll look we'll definitely look to have you on again, bro. On that. Yeah, man. Definitely. Let's have a let's have a let's have a proper one. Um yeah. eventually. Uh cover cover other topics as well. See what happens with Messi. Um, maybe we can uh, maybe we can arrange to talk after after that. Therefore, this is just the start of something, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, bro, been a pleasure to have you on. Obviously, great to have your little interview and stuff like that. And yeah, as I said, definitely to have you on again. For, for all the work, man. Uh, I love uh, I love your captions. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Make me make me crease. Um, and yeah, uh, good stuff on the podcast as well. I uh, hope to be on uh, again uh, for, for a proper chat another time. Definitely, my bro. Catch you in a bit. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Thank you very much. Yes, Dave. So now it's just us two on our on our loans things, you know. Uh, is it recording for you? Okay. Uh, let me just get on my topics again. Now that was all on my fault. I can't lie because we started off late. But like, yeah, the day Fair just enough. kind of took over. Um, one sec, one sec, one sec. Um, sorry, people. Mm, all right, cool. So. Are you frozen? Okay, no. Um, so obviously, um, other than the Champions League, the Europa League happened. That final was a bit more end. Yes. Obviously, yes, we enjoyed the Champions League final part. The Europa League was more kind of entertaining on the fact where that was just better goals. What? 2-2 two, two after like half an hour. That game was crazy. Yeah. It was mad. The game was set pieces as well. Mm. Yeah, no, literally. Head of the it was weird. It was a weird one. I think what we we predicted, we um, well, me personally as well. I I did think in terms of on the night, I thought their attack would just be too much for Sevilla's defense. But 
I did also think if Sevilla managed to get a goal, like how I'm not taken away from them, but it was completely against the one of play type thing right after their their goal as well, and it made made the game in and and it was yeah, pretty end to end like you were saying. Like not even that to do banks or anything like, but this is football heritage. Like this is Sevilla's competition. This is stuff like. I mean, I always had a feeling deep down that they would, obviously I predicted that um, it would either be 1-1, one, one, then they'd win it extra time. Or if mm. Inter got the first goal, then it would be a 2-0 in the win. But I always had a feeling that it would be a severe win. Obviously, not in the fashion that it happened in. What was that, an own goal, bicycle kick, assist or whatever, like that was crazy. Madness. I mean, might as well touch on Diego Carlos. Like, that's what you call redemption. This guy, what gave away a penalty, was it first five minutes? Game looked old. Yeah. And it was even like just a one off penalty, third consecutive penalty. <laughs> this guy is just, bro, he's a man. Literally in in Germany as well, like sem- quarter final, sem. Do you know what would have been mad if it was all on the same kind of side, same goal? Yeah. Giving away a penalty on that exact same goal every single time. Oh, I can't even hear you, bro. Hello? Oh, I can hear you now. Yeah, I was saying that he's pretty, um, he's such a rash player. Very rash. I remember there was a tackle on Met. So this is this would be his leg. He got him like right there. It was such a terrible, terrible tackle. But like you say, I think, Crazy, you know, man. the commentator's curse, where it's just like, is he going to come back and be be the winner or that or that arrow? He did it. To be fair, it was a very audacious bicycle kick from that. Well, when I first saw it going, I was thinking like goal of the season, best European final <laughs> goal. Then I see the replay and I'm seeing a Lukaku got his foot onto it, bro. I'm thinking, oh, was no, unlucky that is. Because obviously, he's had an amazing season. Like even in that game, 34 goals, same as R9 in it, both in their debut seasons, both number nines, like. Killing it, Ronaldo numbers. Yeah, this was meant to be the season where let me lift because deep it. But Lukaku's not since actually no, Lukaku's never lifted lifted a trophy this whole decade. His last trophy was the Jupiter League with Anderlecht in two thousand nine. So like, I feel like it is a thing of one place, one time. But this was meant to be his trophy, the time where because he carried them about what eleven consecutive games he scored in like. He's putting up different kind of numbers and he did have his chance earlier before that own goal. Some would say if it was a different player that might have gone in or maybe if we're talking about Lukaku as one of the best, he has to put those away. I feel like it was just unfortunate, but, you know, it's always going to go back onto him as he's the one who scored the own goal, as well as it shouldn't, but it'll go back onto a thing where, like, he had the chance to put it to bed and didn't. Then... He had the own goal, which kind I think, of a trophy. I think if he had missed the penalty, it would have been a much... <laughs> it would have been like a terrible night for him. Oh, yeah. But I think the fact that he was... He was still composed enough to be fouled and then take the penalty does also show it is a reflection on how good he was, how he kind of did step up when Inter needed him. Mm. The chance, I think... Just marginally, I think he went to he went go through his leg. 
Is it? Yeah, yeah. Bonding, yeah. You know, sometimes when it works, you're thinking, you're thinking how I can see that, but when it doesn't, it just looks a bit silly. But yeah, I mean, after it was a final, shame. obviously Sevilla done bits to get them. Um, always a force, as you expect from Sevilla. But a part of me was kind of thinking, questions kind of have to be asked. Why are Sevilla always in the Europa League final? Like, because obviously they're in the Europa League final, they've won it. They're going to qualify for the Champions League. Why does this side always find themselves into in a Europa League final? Why are they not coming coming well? third consistently? Yeah, exactly. They're doing all of this stuff to get to a Champions League, and it's it's almost like it's part of their plans. Yeah, we're gonna drop out of the Champions League just so we can win the Europa League. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like not many people are asking that question, but it kind of needs to be slapped on their head that like you keep winning the Europa League, it's nice and that, but push for a Champions League, try to get to a Europa yeah. It feels like you're settling for mediocre by like always winning the champ- Europa League, which no disrespect to Europa League, like Europa League, after you go past, you know, the group stage games and shit like that, like those, when you're playing these, these Wi-Fi passwords and shit like that, when you get past those sides and you're playing certified teams that are dropped up in the Champions League, then Europa League can be a good competition, but I don't know, questions kind of got to be asked. To be fair, their first few wins, they weren't they weren't against the upper echelons, you would say. I suppose the, the game against Liverpool, that was a good game. I forgot the, the other one. But yeah, like they've been out of the Champions League for three times and they've managed to come back, which is mad. I think this, the last one that they won, was, was that the game that they played um, Man United and they knocked them out in the, I think it was a was it the round of 16? No, they knocked out United in the semis. They knocked out... In, um, no, in the Champions League a few years back. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Round of that. 16, I think. Is even round of 16 in the quarterfinals? No, I think it's round of 16. Still. But yeah, so... But I think they, and then, I think they, they lost in the quarterfinals in, in, the, in the next game. By Bayern, innit? And you just, you just think <laughs> how... how how crap is their luck? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that was just a little question I was thinking. Obviously, congrats to them. I don't want to take nothing away from their their shine, their little parade, but you know that question kind of has to be asked because these men always find themselves in a Europa League final, and I just don't really get it. Like, but um, no, nah, the Europa League final was a good final, but unfortunately, Lukaku couldn't win it. But they got Sevilla, like the best team, one of the day. So like it wasn't really unjust. Like I can't say oh Sevilla didn't deserve to win that. Like the yeah. game's the game, you know. Hopefully Lukaku will bounce back stronger. You know, his his mentality is strong. He's been through a lot. As I said, my man's done all this, scored over five hundred goals and he still ain't won a trophy. His mentality must be strong. So hopefully mm. we'll come back again. Minor setbacks, major comebacks. You already know the vibes, bro. But um, 100%, 100%. no, that's we only really wanted to talk about the Champions League and Europa League. Obviously, that's what was going on. But we'll touch on Messi. We'll touch on Harry Maguire. Um, we did want to do a Q and A with Just Federico. Madness, really. Yeah, no, we did want to do a yeah. with Federico, but unfortunately, we couldn't because, as I said, we started late. That's that's not. Even, I wouldn't say we. It's on me. I, my schedule got a bit too packed, and we all started. A, whole hour later so um hopefully we can get to do that again but um unfortunately not today but yeah we'll touch on the Maguire situation and obviously 
I drafted my like kind of things we're gonna go through before the news mm. came out today. So I guess that has a nice little twist to it. I feel like it's perfect timing. But um, yeah, I wrote my stuff early on as well. I think yeah, when when you first hear the news, you're thinking, what the, what the hell? Like you know, all these guys go off to the the exotic islands in Greece and stuff like that. But you never you. You may hear controversy with um, what the players do themselves, but it's never it's never usually illegal with the law type of thing. Mm. So to hear like I don't know, it's such a, it's so random. I was thinking like you have you have to like double tape like Maguire in a fight with. It just seems so. In what prison charges? That was crazy when I saw that pop up. It's was mad. Like, like, this is bonkers. But, um, yeah, I'm hearing stories that he was protecting his sister. I'm hearing stories that he kind of started it. I don't know. I haven't looked into it too deeply, so I don't know. I can't really run with too much. But what I've got to ask is, obviously, today the news came up that he was trying to do bribery and shit like that. If you're innocent, if you're there to protect your family, yeah. what's kind of there to kind of hide or kind of paint over? I don't know. I think... From what I've read, the bribery seems a bit, I think it's taken slightly out of context. I think what he was trying to say is that I'm rich. Do you know what I mean? If you want, if it's money you want from me or whatever, mm. I can sort that in, it, in his mind, in his like innocent like mind. It does sound like it's a bit of that money solves everything type of mentality that people have. But I suppose in those countries, it just must seem like such a disrespect to be like, you can break the law and then just pay your way out of it. Just just can't run, really. Yeah, man, definitely. I think, yeah. I and mean, it's great. The assault of police and stuff like that is mad. Man, I don't know what to say too much about that, you know, but it is nuts that, I mean, he got sentenced to, what, 21 months, but obviously suspended, so he's not actually going to do jail time, but imagine that and that it just doesn't surprise me when we talk about 2020 is a year like of course this would be the year that something like this will happen <laughs> anything can happen anything can happen that's what i'm saying bro but obviously wanted to talk a bit more on that but there's more breaking news there's big news coming out now Lionel messi wants to leave barcelona obviously we discussed it but when we discussed it, it was just a little rumor just a one little reporter yeah. just breaking the news so it's like you don't know whether to trust him or not but um it's it's not official but it's basically official so mm. thoughts on that bro i don't know what to... do you know what i don't know why i have it in my head that he's kind of like rumored to leave every year but i am as the days go on i'm slightly going on that path because I think what he was saying is that you know Bartomeu the president yeah. I just don't think I think Messi just does not believe in him he just does not think he's gonna do it. and he's totally right in that he's just the club the way the club's run at the moment Messi's just like I'm, I do not want to associate with this so if it is just a move to try and push him out mm. I guess I guess it is slightly justified because yeah it does but it, uh, I just can't because the clause remember we were saying that he was going to yeah. pay up apparently the clause is that he'll go for free 
Yeah. I suppose it would just be raging. And that's the mad, maddest part. That would be like, if I was to own a club and I had Messi in my ranks and I'm going to see him go for free, you don't even want to know the type right. of pissed out. The pain I'll be feeling in my chest, bro. Like, big, big Messi going for free. Like, we're not even talking about a little, a light 50 mil, a little 100 mil for Messi who should be going for that. Wait, you hear me? Sorry about that, guys. We just got a bit cut off. There are a bit of technical difficulties once again. It's all going awful right now. Just as we're trying to record, but we move, we move. What were we saying? What were we speaking on again? Messi leaving. Yeah. He's yeah, talking exactly. about part of me. Yeah, I was, I was on about, I was on about him. He was basically suggesting that Barcelona cannot move forward with Bartomeu as like the president, and that he just effectively just doesn't trust him anymore. And I, as um as a neutral, I do hear that he does seem to be like running the club into the ground. So I'm I'm not sh- I'm worried that I'm not worried, but I'm not sure if this is like um just like a ploy just to try and push him out or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised because the the player power over there does slightly love Messi. But if he does genuinely want to move, like we mentioned, look the free the fact that he is free does. It does open slightly more um, options, like places for him to go. But mm. still, it's just it's like for Messi, it seems like the f- complete right fit needs to happen for him to like fully commit to going somewhere else. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like obviously, it was happening eventually. If it didn't happen eventually, what Messi's thirty-three was going to retire soon. But like, this is a huge bombshell, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and I couldn't. The only realistic place I could see him going is Man City, like. Yeah. We're keeping it real. I mean, always but that's the thing, you never know in this market. Um you um, move to Juventus would be nice, I guess, to see Ronaldo and Messi link up, but ultimately getting another old person into an aging squad wouldn't really make sense. PSG, I could see it, I guess. You know, imagine that. Yeah, it PSG, could work. I mean, Messi Neymar and Mbappe. Line up 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 top, man. It's long. Anyone coming up <laughs> man, against them, it's, it's curtains. But um, yeah, hundred percent. I can't see a Real Madrid move happening. I've seen what I've have I seen. What, nah, if this if he moved to Real Madrid, that would have to be the craziest transfer bar none. Like I don't think there's <laughs> ever been anything that will touch those levels. We've seen Saul Campbell go from Tottenham to Arsenal. We've seen Luis Figo. Do his controversial couple moves. We've seen Zlatan go from size to size. Like there's been plays you've made these big crosses over the bridges. But if Messi yeah. moved to Real Madrid, oh my god, the scenes! <laughs> it, it would be too. World much. would shut down, man. The internet would break. Oh, to, to I kind of want him to do mad. that just for that, just for the reactions. That would be gold. Yeah. Like, we're talking Messi at Real Madrid. Like, nah, the, the internet would definitely break. Definitely. 100%. And it would probably assert Real Madrid as the ultimate club because they've managed to walk keep Ronaldo yeah. and Messi as well as win the, the most Champions Leagues, the most successful club in the world. Like, that would signify them as the ultimate club. But, um, yeah, no, watch the space with this Messi thing, though, because... It's definitely going to build up. I'm seeing that he's got until um, 
June the 10th next year is when his contract ends. But I think he's only got like a couple more weeks where because the clause says he can leave for free like a year before his contract ends, like they have mm. to kind of do it soon or shit will get like go to courts and it'll become a legal matter and stuff like that. Then it all gets techy. So, yeah, exactly. as I said, it should be a very interesting next couple of weeks. Now, um, I'm going to quickly go through some questions sent in by the people because um, they wanted to know. Unfortunately, Federico couldn't be here to answer them, but we're going to get him on another time because it can't end like that. Um, and yeah, as I said, I take responsibility, you know. The day has just been too packed. Mm. Um, so, question, question, question. Let's get it rolling. Someone said, how does Federico... We actually answered that already, so... That's nice. What club do you support in Spain, England, Italy, France and Germany? Right. This is an interesting one. Shout out to... Uh, I didn't even know how to pronounce that. M-U-H-D dot M-N-7. Sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, I'll start. So what team do I support in Spain? Obviously, I don't really support these, but I'd say they're my favourite sides in these countries. So... My favourite side in Spain would have to be Real Madrid still because growing up, obviously I wanted to be a footballer. I wanted to be a baller from young, as did everyone. Real Madrid were the dream yeah. side for me. Like, that's the ultimate goal. I think I even made a post it back on my face, but I can't really remember how it goes. Nor can I bring it up anymore because I'm not scrolling down all the way back until, what, 2012? <laughs> that's long. But um, <laughs> I said that for him, like, if I ever became a footballer, I'd love to play for Arsenal, my dream team. I'd love to venture out to another league. But the ultimate team I'd like to move to and make that dream, that that career-defining move to would be Real Madrid. They're, they're where Galacticos are made, yeah. sh- shit like that. So, respect to Barcelona and all those other sides, but it would have to be Real Madrid. Favourite side in England, obviously Arsenal goes without saying. Shout out to Crystal Palace, my local side. Mm. But, you know, Arsenal. Red and white, best team in London, most successful team in London. Not really much to, to we don't need to say too much, you know. Uh, Italy, Italy. Now my favorite side in Italy is in fact Juventus. I've always liked them, you know. Hmm. Like um, I really started to like them when my favorite, one of my favorite players, Dybala, moved to. That's when I probably started taking them in. Like yeah, like I proper fuck with Juventus car. I would say the baller's move was a big part of that. But, you know, yeah. he moved there. I started taking them in. I really like what they're about. And they showed signs of being a much more cultural side as of reason. You know, you got you got Rihanna yeah. going to the Allianz Arena, teaming up with Palace. Yeah, they're becoming yeah. a brand. Like, if there's yeah. anyone to challenge PSG, it's going to be them. So, um, 100%. Yeah. I see Juventus on my Italian side. Um, French side. Now, I'm not even saying this to like jump on any bandwagons because I know how crazy this looks. Obviously, PSG have nice drip. So I'll, I'll, wear, I'll wear PSG's drip all along. I'll buy their t shirts, I'll buy their hoodies, their training tops because it looks nice. Yeah. But I, I, I don't fuck with them. Yeah. Like, I don't mess with PSG like that. They're not the French team I support. It's actually Leonis. Now, again, it, look, it looks kind of mm. like that, oh, yeah, the one time that they've 
they've gone in a semi-final run all of a sudden now you <laughs> like them no I've always liked them because they've always yeah. produced gems which is part of one of the posts I made like they've been making gems for a long time like this isn't like a recent thing like or Kakwe all these names that you see Cherokee you see these names coming through now like they're just a, a very very select few of an amazing bunch that Leon have been doing for years years yeah and I don't know I've always just messed with them they seem like a nice little club yeah exactly and my favourite club in Germany it has to be Dortmund yeah I mean yeah. it's a hard one though because a lot of my favourite players are at Bayern Munich have played for Bayern Munich like Lewandowski Thiago like these are all players I've, mm. I messed with when I was younger and even now because as I said most people are clocking on what Thiago's on Thiago's been on this for years being one of the best Lewandowski yeah. they try calling him and say oh yeah he ain't done it in the knockout rounds done it in the knockout rounds won the Champions League just to shut you all up but um I just can't say Bayern Munich car. They slapped up my team 5-1 twice. Twice. Not once, but twice. Yeah. I just... I can't. <laughs> I, I just... I can't. Like, it, it's, it just... Nah. There's there's levels and you, you crossed it and, you know, it just... Then things can't yeah. So, yeah. Favourite side in Spain is Real Madrid. Favourite in England is Arsenal. Favourite in Italy is Juventus. Favourite in France is Lyon. Favorite in Germany is Dortmund. You know, I mess with Dortmund. You know, I like how they bring up the youth, how they create stars. They make stars. They don't buy them. They make them. You know, it's unfortunate they always get, you know, picked, cherry picked. But it is what it is. That's the game we move. If you want to become a serious club, start selling them. You know, and obviously Mm. Jada Sancho plays for them. So that's just, that's always a plus, you know. Guys from Kenneth. Local. But, um, and you know but uh, let's hear your ones then. so yeah sign off in England obviously my Arsenal yep. lo- local local club from young um, around Europe I think it's it's a it's a, it's a hard one because I'm I, I don't like to I think in the later years I don't really like to associate with teams because I'd I do just like to enjoy the football, but I'm going to say my favourite teams in each country, obviously. So in Italy, I would go with... Um, I was going to say... Um, I was going to say yeah. Roma, but I don't really like Roma. I don't I, I, they've They've kind of yeah. fell off a bit. I'm going to say Napoli because of... I would say, obviously, Juventus, they're by far the best team in, in the day, but I think it's... it's I've never, I, I never really had like a proper connection with Juventus. I feel as if they're just, yeah, just a bit the of like, book, yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. I do obviously, absolutely love Dybala, and they've had um, some great players of the years. But I think that I just love that partnership with um, Insigne yeah. and Mertens. I just think like these, they physically they look so unassuming, but like the, the they pace that they have, the goals that they score, it's like they're like proper. Like Red Arrows in attack. Obviously, so they've been a bit unlucky in the league, but they did win. Um, they did win a cup last year, so hopefully they can build on that. They've made big, made big signings. Um, 
I don't want to butcher his name, Oshamayan Osh- Osh- from Leo. So hopefully they oh, can come. Oh, I've never known how to pronounce that name. Um, no. Such a techie. Yeah. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, yeah, so that is Italy. Spain. Just a small shout out. Roma, I do their Nike kits every oh, year. Yeah, just they, amazing. They never miss. So I would, I would buy, I'd buy a Roma kit. I 100%. hear that. Spain, it is. I am going to say Barcelona. Right now, I do not like the mm. way the club's going, but that is, is to be fun. To be fair, it's solely down to Messi. I think he could he could move to the worst team in the world, and I would still support them. He's and I did like I did like how in well my 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 recent times Barcelona have been like like the dominant force like they were winning leagues they've won the league a crazy amount of times in in recent years obviously they they were doing their bit in the Champions yeah. League and the brand of football that they proper. were playing was just so it was proper entertaining like it was lo- it was amazing mm. to watch like they would just pick apart teams so I think I'd go Barcelona in Germany it's is a bit different like you were saying with, with Bayern they just seem to have like such likable players mm. in terms of I've grown to like the like the more German efficient type like the guys like Müller and, and Neuer and guys, yeah. these guys and having Lewandowski's and all the other talented players. Um, I would shout out Leipzig. I like they're obviously in Germany they're very controversial with the part ownership yeah. thing, but I do I do actually like the fact that they haven't bought world class. They haven't. They haven't gone and like spent big on crazy players like the Werners. Yeah, they, the, they kind of squatted Werner when he was young. Obviously, their goalkeeper was. So he used to play for like Oldham. Obviously, he was originally a Liverpool player, but he was sent on loan to Oldham back in like 2012. So the way he's kind of flipped yeah. his career, Galachi or something like that. I, again, I probably butchered it. Yeah, that's a mad name. I yeah, cannot you pronounce it. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think it is Dortmund because just from the fans, I, I need to go to uh, the um, Iduna Park. That, oh, that year, the wall was just like that's on my wish list, my tick list, whatever you want to call it. That's on there. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. That yeah, even from that, like that alone. Obviously, German fans themselves are incredible, but that alone can make anyone fall in love. But the club culture. They they spend they spend if they need to like they're not they're not shy of buying a established talent around the world but the gems that they find this is just like, even crazy. now when you deep they, the the attack the they've got for the new starting season it's nuts like obviously we don't it's know Sancho, Sancho's leaving or not but as it stands he's a Dortmund player they've got Sancho yeah. Haaland Reyna Makoko coming through. Um, they just got that really mm-hmm. guy from Real Madrid. Like their yeah. attack is, and they got some Gomez guy who's also meant to be highly rated. Obviously, Bellingham's mm. he's not really a out and out attacker, but he's more of an attacker minded midfielder. When you deep Dude. the amount of talent they've got in their ranks, like their scouting system is up there as one of the best. Without that, mm-hmm. and that is just it's just a shame that. They seem to get overpowered by Bayern, but I they do don't hope and will support them that they yeah they keep their model first of all, but they can kick yeah. on 
to just become a, to have more of a killer see, edge in terms of the Bundesliga. You see all these players that they've had over the years. Obviously, Lewandowski's, your Hummels, your Gundogan's. Mm. Obviously, Royce only stayed because he was injured and everything. So, he didn't even get to see the proper Royce that we all wanted to see. But they've just mm. had so much ballers mm. over the years. And you think, if they all could have just stayed and just become yeah. one big team at Dortmund, like, Dortmund would have... The way we see Bayern Munich dominating Europe right now could have well been Dortmund. And it's just unfortunate. Even um, even Aubameyang and Pulisic yeah. just recently. It always seems as it always seems as the as it seems as if they have teams that are just about. Then, but then that that next season they go and sell them. They all, always so. take one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. But um, exactly, yeah, exactly that. So just your French team, then. and then just French. Um. I think they, I think it would be PSG. I'd, again, I'd, I like you were saying. I don't. I think no. With PSG, you're right. I think it's just the kids. I can't like my French team. I did like Monaco. Like when yeah. Monaco were doing their thing with their, I just love that. Now, I say the only association I mean, a bit different. with PSG is because back in the day, everybody used to say I look like Mbappe. So <laughs> that's my only some. <laughs> What affiliation with PSG? That's going to be in the comments, I bet, on the oh, IGTV. Yeah. On... They're just going to run with that. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. But yeah, PSG have just, they've never, they don't seem as if, obviously the Parisians and stuff like that, being in Paris, like it's, it is nice for, it is a good brand type of thing, but it's hard to, it's hard to get behind a team where it's just like, 50 million in each position yeah, no, you know I, what I, mean? I definitely heard that I definitely heard that so um, we're going to quickly close close off this podcast in like the next 10 minutes but we're just going to do a kind of quick answers now like kind of quick for you know what I mean because I've got quite a lot here cool. so um, why did you start the page um, I'll go first I started my page because um, a part of me wanted felt like there was something missing in the market like a kind of young kind of designer just doing his thing but yeah like doing stuff that you see from a corporate company but not a corporate company so when you can connect with the <laughs> younger kind of audience um that's why like back in the day even still now like when i can i just do stuff like album cover edits but uk mm. ones and stuff like that i just proper try incorporating felt like that was kind of missing and overall, I just wanted to try out something. Like, I don't know if I've said this before, but I tried out fair shit when I was younger. Photography, rapping, all of that stuff. And I just felt like this was just one of the things and it just happened to blow and do bits. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, why did you start your... Well, obviously, you did... Um, I think... Before, didn't you? Yeah, so I did the, the FIFA stuff before. I obviously played FIFA a lot. It's pretty. It's a pretty long-winded story, but in the gist of it, like you were saying, it was just you know when you see. I just wanted to make stuff that I would yeah. want to see. I think that's obviously important. Yeah. But just yeah, being the being the thing you want to see, and uh, especially that came with video editing as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not your typical video editor. Obviously, I'm inspired by loads of different people and stuff. But yeah, just putting your own spin and putting your own thing on, on the scene, yeah. really. No, I hear that. Um, what's the best account? <laughs> what's the best account you've worked with? Um, 
on Insta, you don't have to say me. Shout out to Football Scout Hub. I'm going to say you're one of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to single out one page because that's just unfair of me. Any page I've worked with has been the best. I've obviously picked you up for a reason if I've wanted to work for you, yeah. work with you, sorry. And that's the best way I can put it. Like, if I've worked with you, Football Scout Hub, if I've worked with you, Galazzo, if I've worked with another guy mm. and another guy, I've worked with you because I've seen that you've got the talent. We can whip up certain. There's potential for both sides to benefit, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not going to name one. Exactly. If you know I've worked with you, then just count yourself as that. You're, you are one of the best yeah. I've worked with. <laughs> yeah. um, let's 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 um, you most underrated team that didn't win a trophy this season. Hmm, that's an interesting question. That's Ooh. a very interesting. Um. The one that comes to mind for me is Inter Milan. Yeah, yeah. has to be them. They literally effectively came second and everything. Oh yeah. And maybe not, maybe not their cup. I think the cup they got knocked out by. No, it probably has to be Inter Milan still. Because yeah. obviously, no one in the I Premier think that's League. The, that's the highest one. I mean, you could you could make an argument for someone like Sheffield United, but they're not underrated. That's the thing. People have acknowledged that they've yeah, had their best in the season. They've done very well for their standards. Yeah, they go. In fact, they were even unlucky. Yeah, no, I'd probably say it's Inter Milan still. All I'm right, sure. all right, all right. One more question. Um, and then we'll close this off. Because it's been a very, very long-winded couple of hours. I need to edit everything. Um, who's had a better chance for Windows so far? Chelsea or Arsenal? No, no problem. This, yeah, this stuff is like we'll answer the question, but I think this stuff is early, early, too early to say. And people are forgetting that this window in particular is ending in October, and we're not even in September yeah, yet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We've got a long way to go. But should we, should we go based off who we're linked? No, nah, like, bit. Go based off who we signed already, because I feel like or if a transfer does press. Okay. All right, so I say Chelsea have had the better yeah. one so far because we've only signed William. And yeah. obviously... They've, they did that. Yeah, Aubameyang would, for me, that would count as a sign if if he came yeah. with maintaining a 30 player. So if we can get him under the line, obviously. Uh, who's coming? There's someone coming. Yes. Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him over a line. Obviously, if we if Arsenal managed to pull over your Hossam Was and your Thomas Parties, then I'd say that Arsenal had the better window. Yes. But until then, yep. you have to say Chelsea when they sign players like Vernon Ziyech. But then I got to ask myself, they've done those. But if they pull off the forty million pound signing for Lewis Dunk and the sixty million pound signing for Ben Chilwell. <laughs> With all due respect, questions gotta be asked. Like <laughs> that's a for every yeah. good signing they make, there's a dodgy one. And that's the thing. The thing with the thing with Chelsea as well is that it's so hard. Like even with United as well, it's so hard nowadays to judge what a good signing is. Like as a signing, 
you identified them, they fit with your team well, da da da. Because with Chelsea, they can effectively afford to spend money on anything. Mm. And they can afford to spend on mistakes yeah. as well. Like, Chilwell was not worth 60 million, but they need him. So it, the price doesn't matter. Technically, it's a good signing, but if Arsenal signed Chilwell for 60 million, that is like you're thinking, what the, what the hell? That's like your whole budget or whatever you want to call it, like gone on one player. So it's hard to judge. But in terms of Chelsea, I'm not a Chelsea fan whatsoever. I'm, in fact, I do not like them, but they are seeming a bit top heavy in terms of their attack and going forward. Mm. Seems they're making beautiful, amazing signings. But that defence and people are telling me about Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva is a world class centre back. I'm not, yeah. Just I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging that. But he's not. You just you can't really go forward with someone like Thiago. Like I mean Thiago Silva. Like yeah. Boom. Yeah. He. If people get like if people get onto us signing Louise, like we signed Louise. I, I, I swear we signed him at thirty two. Yeah. yeah. So, so even he's younger, for for the change room for the experience that that but. Louise, he has a way out. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not. We're not. Re- we're not relying on him now. But I think to put your all, all your eggs on Thiago Silva, like yeah, Thiago he, Silva. he brings excuse. Obviously, it's a free deal. He, he brings but... experience. He's obviously, as you said, a free transfer. But it's like, what's kind of the point? Because you're gonna need to replace him. What next window? You can even say. <laughs> literally, literally, and that that leaves a year where. If he's relied upon, mm. and then he then f- not fails, but he then lets mm. you down. It's kind of like well, what's the point? You're just Literally. back to square one. So yeah, no. Overall, I'd say Chelsea have had a better window so far, but you know, if potentials happen, you know, if the rumors take yeah. place, it's gonna be Arsenal, man. You can't you can't say no to a window of Gabriel, Hossamwa, Thomas Party, and then you chuck in that little William as a backup. Nah, come on, man. come on now. But um, yes, that's been the one-two podcast. No longer the footballs podcast. We switched it up now. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll be back for another episode. Uh, we went through Federico Menezes' career, his journey up done a little interview with him spoke on the USL final spoke on the Europa League final and a couple other subtopics towards the end so um, yeah it's been myself Jay been yeah me Dave bro. it's been the usual calls Dave and we are out keep it locked I'll catch you guys next week in a bit peace out <laughs>